Yo, 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 good evening and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 159 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. 2022 is about to come to a close. Going into 2023, we got ourselves an exciting football weekend ending the year and going into next year. We have the college football playoff as four teams vie to see who will go to the national championship and be crowned the champions of college football. I'll give you my takes, analysis, and predictions on both the games. And I'll do a brief recap of last night's game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. And then I'll go with what I believe are the best games of Week 17 in the NFL as the season's about to wind up and we're getting ready for the playoffs. Coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right, now without further ado, let's get episode 159 started. Usually I start my opening takes in the NFL, but for this episode, we're going to start with college football, because tomorrow is a college football playoff, as the four top teams will vie to see who's going to play in the national championship game next Monday and have a chance to be crowned the champions of college football. We'll start with number three TCU versus number two Michigan. TCU has been undefeated all season up until losing the Big 12 championship in overtime. Michigan has gone undefeated and, of course, beating their rivals, Ohio State, for the second straight and was the winners of the Big 10 championship. Now, in this game is one of the um, Heisman Trophy finalists, Max Duggan. This guy can do it all. He can run and he can, and he can throw. But in this game, he's going to need more than his arm and his legs. He's going to need his other playmakers to step it up. He's going to need Kendrick Miller, the running back, and Quinton Johnston, the wide receiver, to step it up. And most importantly, he's going to need his defense to step it up. Because we have seen TCU made some comeback, quite a few comebacks this season. But a lot of it is because their defense hasn't been stopping folks and have been falling behind early. The defense has to get some stops on Michigan. They got to make the Michigan a one-dimensional team. Because that's what Michigan prides their offense on. The running game and playing good defense. J.J. McCartney for the Michigan Wolverines has played lights out. He's played some good ball over the past... um, couple of games I mean he had some big pass plays versus Ohio State's um, secondary and of course for Michigan they, 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 they lost their best player before the Ohio State game Blake Corum but Donovan Edwards has shown he, he can be a number one so for the mission for Michigan they just need to have a balanced attack run the ball don't don't let don't let JJ McCarthy try to win this game by himself Michigan has one of the top defenses in the country. So for TCU and Max Duggan, they need to start off fast. Because I believe if they fall behind in this game, they're not, there's, there's going to be no comeback for them. I think this game will be close, I think, throughout most of the game. I'd say three quarters. But I think in the end, I believe Michigan is just better. I think their defense are going to make... 
a couple of key stops, get a couple of key turnovers in the game. And I think Michigan pulls away late in this one. So I'm going to go with Michigan to win this game and punch their ticket to the national championship. And for Jim Harbaugh to play in his first national championship. So I'm going to go with Michigan to win this game 27-17. Now let's move on to the other matchup. Number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State. Now, we all know Georgia is the defending national champions and they're looking to defend their crown. And of course, they had another undefeated season and they won the SEC championship. Ohio State went 11-1. They were undefeated up until they ran into Michigan and then Michigan gave them the business in their own backyard. They came right into the horseshoe and destroyed them. Now for Georgia, they had a Heisman Trophy candidate as their quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who's been there almost forever. But Georgia is basically a, a run-first team, so Stetson Bennett don't have to do much. He just needs to make the plays in the passing game when he needs to. He's got Kenny McIntosh. He has Dejon um, Goodwin. And, of course, that tight end, Brock Bowers, who's a nice, solid safety blanket. And a Georgia commands one of the top defenses in college football. For Ohio State, they have not played a game since that beatdown in the horseshoe. So one has to ask themselves, how rusty will they be? C.J. Stroud, he needs to get this offense back on track. Now, I still say he is a top, one of the top two quarterbacks that are going to go. So he, just, he needs to show that he, know, he can play against an NFL-style defense that Georgia has because he is susceptible to pressure and trust me Georgia is going to bring all the pressure but they do have some some great playmakers I mean Marvin Harrison Jr. Amika Akabaka Julian Fleming but they need Mayan Williams in the running game and they need that offensive line to give CJ Stroud some time But I think most importantly, the Ohio State defense needs to step it up. I mean, they gave up 45 points to Michigan a few weeks, a month ago. I mean, Georgia's not a high-powered offense, but they they know how to make plays. Not only in the run game, but in the pass game. So, Ohio State defense, I'm looking at you. You need to you need to cause some turnovers. Give this high-powered offense some extra possessions. Because if they don't do that, then it's gonna be a long game. Personally, for this game, I don't I don't see this game lasting no more than maybe a half, maybe a two quarter, two and three quarters. I think the Georgia defense is just too just too way too much for CJ Stroud and company. I believe in the second half, in the mid-second half, Georgia defense takes over. And I think they give Ohio State the business again. So, I'm going to go with Georgia to win this game 38-17. to So, if my predictions are correct, this is the matchup we're going to see on January 9th, 2023 for the College Football National Championship. And I think... I can say for myself, and I'm sure some fans, most fans would agree, this is a matchup we'd want to see. 
Georgia versus Michigan. I'm sure, you know, ABC and ESPN would love to see this matchup. Because this is probably, out of all the four games, would be the sexier matchup. Maybe, and of course, maybe second would be, you know, a rematch between Ohio State and Michigan. But after that, Georgia and Michigan, I think, would be the best matchup. And a more sexier matchup. And I think for, for the TV ratings, it'd be something they would love to have. All right, that's it for college football. Now let's go to the NFL. Let's start off with Thursday night football's game between the, Cow- the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. Now the Dallas Cowboys won this game 27-13, but this game was very close for a long time. A lot closer than anticipated. And of course, a little bit of a surprise knowing that the Titans were missing seven starters, including Derrick Henry. And he decided not to start the rookie Malik um, Willis, who's been ineffective the past three games. So, a guy they brought in eight days ago, Joshua Dobbs, who's never started an NFL game, who's been mostly a backup throughout his whole career. He started this game. What kept this game close was the Dak Prescott interceptions, which he now leads with 14, a league high. But in the end, Dak Prescott, he did um, throw two touchdowns in the second half, both to um, Dalton Schultz. He had 282 yards. Zeke Elliott had 37 yards rushing and a touchdown. No Tony Pollard. C.D. Lamb, has been, who has been balling lately, had 100 yards receiving. And 86 yards for Dalton Schultz in those two touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton even got in the mix a little bit, had 50 yards receiving. In a losing effort, Joshua Dobbs, I mean, he, he played hard. I mean, he played, um, he played with effort and admirable. He had 232 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Not much in the running game. Hassan Hackins, 40 yards. Jonathan Ward, 26 yards. Receiving, Traylon Bank. Burks had 66 yards receiving and Robert Woods 39 yards and one TD. For the Titans, this was their sixth straight loss. This is the worst they've been since Mike Grable has been the head coach. And this is not a good sign because next week, even though they're still mathematically in the playoff hunt, they have to win and beat Jacksonville for the AFC South title unless they're going to be sitting at home with you and me. And maybe next week, Derrick Henry can come back and give them a spark, along with Joshua Dobbs. For the Cowboys, what this win does is it keeps that pressure on the Eagles to beat the um, Saints this coming Sunday. More on that game in a minute. But the Cowboys and Dak Prescott need to get it together. These intercept these these throwing these interceptions are going to be costly to. I mean, it's already been costly to them this season. But if he keeps this uh, this trend up, one of these interceptions is going to cost them a playoff. So Dak needs to get it together on that front. The defense actually played a little bit better, but of course, you know this was Tennessee that's you know all broken up. So, but they did something to take in the um, next week's game and even the playoffs. 
Now let's move on to what I believe are the best games of week 17 in the NFL. Let's go with that New Orleans Saints versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles in this game, if they win, they get they win they win the first they win a first round bye. So that means they got home field advantage throughout the playoffs and they win the NFC East division. For the Saints, this is a must win. Because right now, they're in one of the worst divisions in the NFL. The NFC South. We'll talk about that game in a bit. And they have to win and hope for some help somewhere between the Carolina Panthers and Tampa Bay. Probably mainly um, they're going to need Carolina to beat Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay has beaten them twice. Jalen Hurts is is practicing this week. They still haven't said whether he's going to play or not. But Garden Minshew is is ready to play if they decide not to put Jalen Hurts out there. For the Saints, they they need a big game from Andy Dalton. And the defense needs to find ways to slow this Eagles defense down. I'm going to say that I think that I think the um, Saints offense, they just don't have enough because the Eagles are balanced, not only on offense, but his defense as well. I mean, they are they are susceptible to big plays and they're going to need some big plays from Andy Dalton if they're going to um, pull off this upset and stay alive in the NFC South um, division. They're going to need they're going to need their guys on offense to step up. Chris Olave needs to step it up for them for um the Saints. And also Alvin Kamara is he's questionable, but he needs to step it up as well. So chances are he's going to probably play in this one, but he's got to He's got to step up his game as well. And Jason Hill, however they need to use him, he, he needs to um, produce for the um, Saints. But I don't think this... I, I think if Jalen Hurts plays, I think this game is, is over probably pretty quickly. But if, if, if Garden Minshew plays, I think they will still win. But I think it might be a little bit closer than expected. So I'm going to give you a... I'm going to say the Eagles are going to win either way, but here's a two-part prediction. If Jalen Hurts plays, Eagles win this game 37-17. If if, if, Carlin, if Garden Minshew has to play, the Eagles win this game, but I think it'll be somewhere around 23-16. Now let's move on to the Carolina Panthers versus Tampa Bay. I know this doesn't look like a very sexy matchup, but... There's a lot on the line for this one. If Tampa Bay wins, they win the division. I mean, even if the Saints were to win, it wouldn't matter because Tampa Bay owns the tiebreak. If Carolina wins, then they have a chance to win this division because they they will have swept the series against Tampa Bay. And they already have one game up on the Saints from winning their matchup with the Saints earlier. So if the Carolina Panthers win and the Saints win, then it's all for the NFC South in Week 18. The question is for the um, Carolina Panthers, can Sam Donald keep it going? I mean, he looked good last week, but we've seen this before from Sam Donald. He may look good one week, and in the next couple of weeks, he looks god-awful. 
The running game must come through for the Carolina Panthers. And the defense must play lights out versus Tom Brady and the Bucs. They need to see if they can duplicate what they did early in the season when they beat them 21-3. For Tampa Bay, well, you know it's Tom Brady, so you're never out of a game, but the running game has to come through for them. I mean, Leonard Fournette needs to come through for them. The offensive line needs to come through for them and get Brady some time to get it to these guys, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I think right now, I usually don't, it's hard for me to go against Brady and company, but I'm just not confident in them at this time. I think the Car- I think the, I think the Carolina defense, I think is going to, they're not going to hold them to three points this time, but I think they're going to do enough this time to, I believe, pull this off. So it'll be a low scoring game because both these offenses don't, don't scare you, don't scare you. Or not flashy. I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Carolina to win a very close, close, close ice bag game. So I'm gonna go with the Carolina to win this game, 16 to 13. Now let's move on to the Green Bay Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings. Now of course Minnesota won Week One matchup 23 to 7 in pretty much dominating fashion. Minnesota is going to be looking to hold on to that number two spot in the NFC. While Green Bay, they've won three in a row, but this game is a must win for them. If they want to have any hopes of sniffing the playoffs. Can Green Bay stop Justin Jefferson, who's who's arguably the best receiver right now in the NFL? I mean, last week, their secondary did a terrible job against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. The reason they won that game is because Tua, you know, threw them some interceptions. So that secondary better step it up. They, they're going to have to play almost perfect. Even if they don't stop Justin Jefferson, but they need to slow him down if they want if they have a chance to win this game. We all know You can't count Green Bay out because they have Aaron Rodgers. So for the the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers has to do his thing. But he got to have his receive. He has to have his running backs, A.J. Dillon and Aaron um, Jones, come through for him. And of course, the receivers have to come through for him as well. So I think this game is going to be very close than the first game. I do have some rooting interest in this. And then we'll get to that here in a minute. Because Minnesota is in num- is in place number two. And number two in the NFC. My Niners are in number three. Of course, they lose one and the Niners keep winning. Then, then the Niners get the number two spot and they jump to number three. But in any case... I just don't know if I can trust the Green Bay Packers defense. I just don't think they have an I just don't think their defense is good enough to slow down Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson. So while I think this is gonna be a, a close game than the than, um, week one matchup, 
Minnesota is 10-0 in close games. Make that 11-0 in this one. So, I'm going to go with the Vikings to win this game 26-23. Now let's move on to my 49ers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. And the story of this game is the benching of Derek Carr. That's right. The Las Vegas Raiders have decided to bench Derek Carr for the last two games due to his terrible play. He's been throwing interceptions and they've been blowing games. So in comes a former New England Patriot, Jared Stedman. He will be making his first NFL start. Now, this is one of those games my Niners know they need to be careful. I understand there ain't a lot of tape on Jarrett Stedman in the NFL. And you figure this is the type of game they should be able to run through. But they also got some good players on the other side of that, that um, field. I mean, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Hunter Refford, Darren Waller. So there's some good players on that offensive side. So for my Niners, they just need to go in there and handle business the way they would handle any other team. Treat them like they're the Dolphins. Treat them like there's there any other team, any other good team in the NFL. Dolphins, Eagles, Kansas City. That's the way they need to treat them. Brock Purdy just need to keep doing what he's been doing. Just don't have, don't do more than you need to. Everything's set for you. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayu, George Kittle, who he's had a rapport with. And maybe we might see Debo Samuel. He's been practicing, but don't know if he's going to be playing just yet. But of course, as soon as I get off this podcast, I'll probably hear that Debo's probably going to be playing. But either way. So, and of course, on the um, defensive side of the ball, the Raiders are very vulnerable on defense, with the exception of Max Crosby. So they're going to have to watch out for him and know where he's at at all times. I don't see this game being that close. I think my Niners are just just much better than the Raiders. I don't even think the Raiders are going to even have a chance to even blow blow a lead, much less come back. I think my Niners jumps on them and stays on them. So I'm going to go with the nine, my Niners to win this game 30-16. Now let's move on to probably the game of, of the week. The Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This could be a, a possible preview of the AFC Championship. Could be a, a, a divisional um, playoff game. But I'm, I'm going to say championship. We have... The two two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Both these teams actually play pretty good defense. Both these teams have playmakers on the outside. For Buffalo, Stephon Diggs is the main guy. Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, and of course, don't get Jarek McKinney. On Cincinnati's side, they have. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. 
So there's there's some, and of course, Joe Mixon, of course, the running back for Cincinnati. So both these teams have some playmakers. So this this game can go either way. I think this game is going to come down to which defense is able to cost the offense to make mistakes. Which defense? Whoever wins the turnover battle in this one, I believe is going to win this game. Now, Josh Allen, he has been he has been throwing some inter- some picks lately. So, I'm going to say that this game is going to be is going to be high scoring. But in the end, I think I'm going to take Cincinnati to beat Buffalo in this one. I think any on and this will happen on a late field goal. So I'm going to go with the Buffalo. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals to win this this um game of the week matchup. Thirty-one to twenty-eight. And now this will conclude. Episode 159 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for downloading and streaming. I appreciate it very much. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and wherever you stream your podcasts from. You can follow me on Twitter at GGSports13 and follow my Facebook page, Sports Takes Galore with Gabe. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, downloading, and streaming. Hope everybody have a wonderful day. Happy New Year. And I'll talk to you again in 2023.